here in just a brief minute. If you don't have a Bible, you will want one. Uh, there's some extras up here. If you didn't bring it or you don't have it electronically, that's fine. Come grab one. You'll definitely need that. Uh, there's, also, there's also sheets, uh, some worksheets that we'll work through together. Those were outside, so you'll want to grab those if you didn't get one. If you, if you ordered a book uh, or you purchased a book, uh, it's handy to have with you, but we'll try to do all those things here uh, together in just, just a minute. All right, friends, say, uh, if you would do me a favor, if you have an open seat at your table, can you just raise your hand really briefly so that we know what we've got? One, two, three, four, five, okay, six. Awesome. We'll get a few more chairs, too. Uh, the tables are going to be full, and that's not a bad thing. It's actually quite a good thing. It feels a little bit different for lots of us who are regularly in the mission hall, uh, but we're here in the fellowship hall instead. Uh, we're doing that primarily, for those of you who are asking, we do that primarily because middle schoolers need a little bit more space to be middle schoolers. Uh, they need some space to run around and play the games that they have. Uh, our games are not nearly as involved as the middle school games. And so uh, we're trying to give them the space uh, for what they need, which puts, us, uh, which puts us in here. Now, most weeks we can open up these doors and actually spread out a little bit further. Uh, but this morning there's a confirmation meeting uh, for middle schoolers. So we're, we're kind of tight this morning, but we'll spread out a little bit as we get started. Again, if you don't have a Bible, you'll want one digitally doesn't matter. Uh, there's extra Bibles up here. I made a note that we need more large print for the older and wizened folk in the room. Uh, note made it. We'll make sure to get some more large print in here. But you will need a Bible if you purchased, ordered, bought a book handy to have uh, with us. We'll make some references to it, but not enough uh, that you'll feel guilty if you didn't buy one. All right? It'll be okay too. All right, friends, as we get started, let's do this. I'd love to just pray for us as we get in. A good and gracious Father, this morning we embark on a journey, a journey with you. This morning we answer yes to an invitation of Jesus to learn from Him, to walk with Him, and to slowly over time begin to adopt His ways and His practices, His tempo, His rhythm, His pace. And Lord, no doubt You know that we are in a culture of hurry and efficiency and speed, and yet our Savior was never in a hurry, always fully present. And so as we endeavor 
to learn from Jesus, as we endeavor to grow in His likeness, as we endeavor to orient our lives around His words and His ways, as we endeavor to adopt His practices, good Father, we pray that You would bless this journey with the power of Your Holy Spirit. We pray in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Any other seats still open? We've got a couple extra people coming in. You guys have a seat? No? Seat here, seat here. We can put two together if you want. So, Larry, Grace, if you guys want to come sit. Or do you have seats already? you got extra chairs, Larry. Thank you. All right. Uh, some things to note, my friends. Some things to note. Uh, the table that you are at will be your table for the remainder of our time together. So, Congratulations, you've met your family. Some of you are like, no, uh-uh. Yes. Here's why. We, we, we desperately know, we desperately want and we know that this study uh, and the practices of this study are going to be exponentially more fruitful for you if you can journey through it together with the same group of people so that you can talk about your experiences through the course of the week without having to reintroduce yourself and sort of get caught up to the life of the other people around the table. So I want you to be at these tables for the remainder of our time together. Number two, the bulk, the bulk of the work that's going to happen for this study will not be here on Sunday morning. The bulk of the work will be through the course of your week. Now, here, we're going to get a lot of content together. We're going to uh, watch some, uh, some videos together. We're going to unpack the Scripture together. But the work, the bulk of the work, is actually going to be in the practices that you inhabit on the rest of the days of the week besides this one. And those practices, interestingly, those practices which we're going to learn together are quite simple. It's just that they're really difficult. Uh, they're really simple, uh, but they're, they're also simultaneously difficult. So the bulk of the work, I just want you to know ahead of time, like the bulk of the work, the hard work, is actually going to be in the course of the week together. All right? In the course of the week. Third, and this is important, we are endeavoring to journey with John Mark Comer and this ruthless elimination of hurry because we believe as a staff, certainly, that if, if the church in America in particular, if the church in America is going to see revival, if we're going to see the American church pick up the mantle of the mission of Jesus, what the American church needs most is not more knowledge. We don't need more content, actually. For those of us who have grown up in and around the church, you have lots of content. You've been studying the Scriptures, some of you, all your lives. There's a disconnect, it seems, between what we know and what we're being asked to do. There's a disconnect, right, between what it is we know and what it is we're being asked to do. And we believe, and not just us, but certainly us, that if we're going to see revival in the American church, 
if we're going to see the American church pick up the mantle of the mission of Jesus, it will not be because you have more knowledge. It will, because, it will happen because you've picked up the practices and the actions and the ways of Jesus. And those, those ways, interestingly enough, Jesus will describe in Matthew chapter 11 as easy and light. But they're also just difficult. Because what we'll discover together, what we've discovered as a staff, certainly what we'll discover together, is that Jesus is going to have to reorient some of our priorities. He's going to have to reallocate some of how we think about our time. He's going to ask us to make some hard decisions about what's more important. And all of those things, actually, when we pick them up, when we walk with Jesus, when we actually embrace that invitation, will lead to a full and abundant life that Jesus talks about in John chapter 15. And it won't be because of more knowledge. It'll be because we begin to put into practice what Jesus asked us to do. Yeah? So here's what I want you to do. At your table right now, I want you just to share one highlight of your summer. We're officially now in fall, right? We've passed Labor Day. Not technically officially, but technically officially in the fall now that we're past Labor Day. I just want you to share one highlight of your summer, but you only have two minutes to get this done. So very quickly around the table, one highlight, go. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, what? That is amazing. I was going to employ like the kindergarten teacher clap if you can hear me twice and that kind of thing, but, but I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. Really well done. Uh, one more thing to share around the table before we get started, all right? One more thing to share around the table. What do you do to rest? Like, what's your go-to for resting? Like, what is that? Some of us read books, right? Some of us like to swim or go to the beach. Some of us like, I, I don't know what it is. I just want you to share around the table, what, what is your go-to for rest? And what would you do if you had more time to do it? Right? What's your go-to to rest? And what would you do if you had more time to do it? All right? You have two minutes. Go. All right, let's bring it back for just a minute. Let's just hear a couple of examples from the room. What's your go-to for rest? What's your go-to for rest? Not all once. Jim. Fishing. Fishing. Uh, How many of you go outdoors for rest, just by show of hands? Like, that's that's the go-to. Whether it's fishing or not, we'll we'll leave that to Jim and all of you. But but something outside. Okay, give me another example. What's the go-to for rest? Pat? Crochet, right? How many of you do something with your hands to rest? Like, I, I, I need to, like, move a little bit for resting. It might be sewing, crocheting. I heard golf, yeah? How many, that, that's not restful at all for me, but, <laughs> but for some of you, maybe that's really delightful, right? Uh, any others? What, what are other go-tos for rest? Yeah, Denise. Couch potato, come on. Watching, specifically, 
watching Nova. Or a Ken Burns film, or just those. Yes, yeah, just <laughs> click, yes. <laughs> Volume up, that's awesome, yeah. So, so some of us, some of us rest by just stopping, right? We, we sit on a couch and we watch a good film or we watch a show that interests us, right? And it's curious, like if you had more time to rest, what would you do? More of that or would it open up opportunities for something else? If you had more time, what would you do? More of the same? Or, or would it open up opportunities for something else? You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, John Mark Comer, who's a pastor, by the way, out in uh, the Pacific Northwest, you know, one of the things that he sees, uh, and I agree with him here, and he's not the first to see it. In fact, uh, he's only kind of recapitulating what other people have already said. But he sees kind of the, the, the culture of hurry as the greatest hurdle to formation in Christ-likeness. That hurry, that a culture of hurry, and what that culture tends to do to our hearts and our minds and our souls and our bodies that a culture of hurry is actually the greatest obstacle to formation in Christ-likeness. Now, I want us to pay attention. We're going to watch John Mark here in just a minute, uh, kind of an opening, uh, an opening bit of video. And if you're reading the book, this is really part one, condensed into about 14 minutes. Now, I want to encourage you, if you haven't read, uh, to, to get into the book, and I'll give you some specifics at the end for next time, but it is, it is quite honestly a very easy read, I think. Uh, it's v- <laughs> you, you sort of feel like you're listening to him in a living room, like he just talks like he talks, and he writes, I think, like he talks, and so it's really just enjoyable uh, to read. Now, I get not everybody's a reader. I am, so I, I hear my own biases, but I, but I do think it's a, a really easy in uh, to the reading. And so this really is part one condensed into about 14 minutes. But there are several things that I want us to pay attention to uh, as we watch this, and I've written them down for you. Uh, he's going to talk about hurry sickness. And friends, we want to know what that is, right? So I want to be really clear. When you catch that, you may just want to keep notes. What is hurry sickness, and what are the negative results of it, right? This is diagnosable, by the way, hurry sickness, right? Uh, what are the negative results of it? And then he's going to talk a little bit about how a hurried life right, impacts our relationship with God. Right? And so I want you to pay attention to how does that hurried lifestyle actually impact our relationship with God and what happens to our spiritual lives when we're way too busy. Hmm? And then finally, and this is really important, maybe not for everybody in the room, but I suspect for a good majority in the room, How do escapist behaviors like constant scrolling through social media and binging on television actually add to the problem, not take away from the problem, all right? So those are things I want us to pay attention to as we get into uh, this video here just a bit. I'll get some lights off here as well.
my own sense of hurry wants to stop that video before it's fully complete, right? It's like seven seconds left on here. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just going to let it play out. It's fine. A comer makes an incredible case for adopting the practices of Jesus. Uh, he said right near the end that hurry diminishes our capacity to love both to receive it and to give it. That hurry diminishes our capacity to love, both to receive it and to give it. Now what's interesting in terms of adopting practices or habits, there's a journey that everybody has to take if we're really going to adopt new habits or new practices. Uh, And the journey begins with a simple question of what is. In other words, if we're going to adopt new practices or new habits, we have to be brutally honest about the present practices and habits. What is actually going on in your world? Following the question of what is, we really ask the question, what could be? If we're honest, at least in the moment of our own practices or lack of practices, of our own hurry, of our own anxiety, the next question is, what's possible? Is there something different? What, what could that look like? You know, it's interesting, when we come to the Scriptures, this is often the interaction that we have with it. The Scriptures, first of all, illuminate for us what is. It tells us a ton about ourselves. Right, it's like a mirror that we get to look in. It's brutally honest to us about what is. That's what the Scripture does. But the Scripture simultaneously begins by God's Spirit to plant into our hearts and our minds what could be. It's doing both things. And so we've got to start with what is. We've got to move to what could be to ask the question. And this is where Comer actually comes down and says, uh, this is all fine and dandy, but you're only going to move somewhere if you want to. Did you catch it at the end? Like you, you have to want what we're talking about. And without that want, uh, it's over. If I don't want it, then I'm not going to go to the hard work of actually doing something, right, to create new habits or practices. That lives right here in this question, right? What could be? The last one really is what will be. This is an articulation, right, of what we actually want to to do, what we actually want to change. And I say articulation because habits and practices in isolation uh, without any kind of community and, I would say, any kind of accountability, new habits and new practices are almost always dead from the start. You actually need other people to help hold you accountable to the things that you said will be. 
Now, that doesn't sound all that exciting for lots of us because accountability feels a little bit rough for us, right? We, we don't actually want people to hold us accountable. But yet, if we're going to do new practices, if we want to adopt new habits, we need a community of people. We need to be able to speak and articulate what we want the change to be or what practice or habit we're trying to live out. And we need people who are going to walk alongside of us in the process. We have to have both. So it's a really simple journey, actually, of what is, what could be, and then articulating what will be. And you'll notice that each of the sessions that we unpack, uh, we're not going to do it in four, as John said. We're, we're going to take our time. We're, we're in no rush to get this done. We're going to take our time to actually wander through it. He's just thinking about the number of videos uh, that he produced. But you'll notice that in the study, we're honestly moving this journey as you walk through what's on a page. We ask questions about what is. We come to the scriptures and start to ask some questions about what could be. And then by the end, we're, we're sort of beginning to articulate to those around the table with you what will be. Really simple journey, but a super important one. So I want us to come back to the sheet that's on the table with you. And we're going to do a little bit of review. four questions. The first four questions really are about what is, right? Just about what is. It's taking stock, sort of brutal honesty about your life. And so I want you to take a solid five minutes, right? To think about these as individuals and to jot down some notes. So do you ever feel like you're overwhelmed with hurry, unable to complete everything on your to-do list? What in your life keeps you the busiest? Like, let's just be honest. Ubering my kids around to all of their activities keeps me the busiest. That's just my season of life presently. So for me, that's it, right? But what is it for you? What keeps you busiest presently? Uh, in what ways have you seen busyness negatively impact your relationship with God? And in what ways has a full schedule stripped time away from activities like prayer and from reading the Bible. Again, in what ways can you relate to John Mark as he deals with workaholism or jam-packed schedules or addiction to the device that's in your front right pocket? Like, what ways can you relate? Has it been difficult for you to try to eliminate some of these hurried activities? And I think this is really important. What are some of the specific things contributing to a hurry culture here in our context? Like we live here, right? In Jenison, Granville, Hudsonville, Allendale, Coopersville. Like we're, we're here in West Michigan. And this life that we share together in this place affects our own hurry. So this is a little cultural analysis. What's going on here in West Michigan that begins to kind of poke at us for the things of hurry? All right, so five minutes just as individuals to jot some ideas down here. You are going to share these with the people around your table, but let's just take five minutes to work through these particular questions, and then we'll come together as a table. All right, go. All right, don't, don't hurry into the discussion part yet. Take your time as individuals. Soak up all five minutes of individual time. 
to answer the questions. We'll get to the conversation. Just slow down a second. All right. It has been a long five minutes for some of you. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, we were talking about five minutes for just some individual time, and we already had conversations beginning about two minutes in. You just couldn't wait. Right? We got to get to these things, right? So you have time now uh, for the next five minutes to just share some of the things that you wrote down. We got five minutes to just share around the table some of the things that you wrote down, and we'll see how together you are on some of these things, all right? Five minutes, go. All right, friends, come on back. Come on back. I know, I know that, um, I know the danger of letting you talk <laughs> is that it's hard to, it's hard to reel us back in, but, but I suspect that, that so much of the energy of the conversation in the room is because at some level, this topic is going to touch us in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Some of us in our bodies, like our bodies are just tired right, because we're nonstop. And so I'm super, super thankful for the conversation. I want to turn your attention to the second page briefly. And on the second page, again, some more questions. What type of busyness? Remember, uh, Pastor Comer, he he talks about two kinds of busyness, a healthy your life and why. And then, just again, what is? What negative effects can business have on our mental health? And which, if any, have you had to wrestle with in your own life, right? And then what kind of escapist behaviors tempt you when you need to disconnect from the busyness of life? What ways have these escapes distracted you rather than giving you the rest you need? I'm not exempt from any of these, by the way. Like, mine's binge-watching TV, for sure, or films, right? I can watch all the Harry Potters in a day if you give it to me, It's not a problem or all the Lord of the Rings uh, director's cut. You know, I, I, it's not a problem. Like, you could do it. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exempt, right? This is me too. And then here's the what could question, right? We're starting to make that turn. What could it look like for you to readjust your busiest day next week? And what activities or demands could you actually cut out of your schedule? Now, I want you just to hang on to that. Those, those four questions, I'd love for you to answer over the course of this week and come back with them next week, because that's where we'll begin the conversation next week, right? Answering those four questions. What I want to do in the remaining time is turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, for most of us, uh, particularly if we've grown up in and around the church, this is a familiar story. And I know, I know because we experienced it together as a staff, that lots of you dislike this story. 
Uh, be, because uh, it, it raises some questions about the nature of work and rest. And it can be, as I said, it can be a mirror to what is while simultaneously asking us what could be. So let's look at this. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We're going to look through 42. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered into a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, Martha distracted with much serving. So let's stop here for just a second, right? Again, just a bit of context. Mary and Martha, these are actually quite good friends of Jesus. Brother Lazarus, if we're putting it into context. Uh, most commentators believe that Jesus actually spent quite a bit of time in Mary and Martha and Lazarus's home. So not, not unfamiliar, right? This, this, these are familiar people together. And so Martha welcomes him into her house. That's unique. Um, usually it would be noted that this is the house of the male, right, the husband. Uh, but because it's listed this way, right, we can assume at some level that she's a widow or never married. Uh, and it's her household, so probably a widow more than never married. And her sister, Mary, is also there. And they've approached Jesus with two different postures. Mary's posture is to sit at the Lord's feet and to listen to his teaching. And Martha's posture is to be distracted, interesting word, distracted with much serving. And so let's continue just the, the close of the story. And she, uh, this is Martha, went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What I want you to do over the course of this week is to answer those four questions above. And I want you to come back to this text again and again and again and answer the questions that are here, right? What were the differences between Mary and Martha's behavior? And what ways do they reflect the healthy and unhealthy busyness uh, that Comer talks about? This question, do Mary's actions bother you? If I just really get to the bottom of my soul, does it bother me? And if so, why does it bother you? And then lastly, what could it look like for you to leave the things on your schedule alone for a day and spend some time in prayer? I want you just to reflect on this story again and again and again. Answer all the questions on page two up to reading Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We'll leave that for our time uh, next week. So again, just pressing into a little bit of what is and allowing the story of Mary and Martha to be a mirror to what is, while also asking the question, what could be? All right? If you're reading the text, if you're actually reading this book, uh, I would encourage you to get through part one. Right? 
through part one. If you don't get through all of it, it's fine. Uh, reading's not necessary to participate fully. But if you are reading it, I encourage you to get through part one. All right? It'll just flesh out what it is we heard Comer talk about today. It'll give some more details and some more specifics. All right? Just through part one. All right, let me pray for us because someone has to hurry to get to worship. All right? Let me do that. Good and gracious Father, thank you for this day and for the opportunity we have as we pray to the beginning to begin a journey, not to just know more, but to grow in Christ-likeness, to adopt His habits and His tempo and His pace and His rhythm so that we might experience life and life to the full. I pray, good Father, that you would bring blessing on these, my sisters and brothers in faith, as we wrestle with the narrative of Mary and Martha and our own tendencies to hurry, God, that you would begin to to speak to us by your Spirit of what could be and ultimately what will be for a life that is full. So, good Father, we, we hand ourselves into your hands, trusting that you will work, that you will work for our good and for your good pleasure. These things and all things we pray in the powerful and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you borrowed a Bible, if you would, just make sure that it comes back up to the stand. That would be very, very helpful. I'll see you next Sunday.